welcome back everybody to the game of influence where by mere listening you will get wildly rich and influential no i'm just kidding unless you have don't have a talk show if you don't have a talk show you're probably broke but today everyone i have a very very exciting guest on that we're going to be talking to today my man mitch here this guy i actually met i think we met in sam ovens mastermind right yeah, is that, yeah. Is that where we're at? yeah. And uh, he did what $5 million before the age of 25 has made, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in a month before built a sales team to 11 guy understands influence. And uh, I am I'm very, very much looking forward to this. He reached out. And he was like, dude, we should connect. I was like, yes, we should. We should make it into a talk show episode. Let's sit down and have a conversation. So please help me welcome Mr. Mitch. Dude, I don't even know how to pronounce your last name. I just always call you Mitch G. So what's your last name? How's that pronounced? <laughs> everyone, everyone calls me the real Mitch G. So you're good to calling me the real Mitch G. But uh, my last name's Gonzalez, or you know, but they got mistaken with the uh, Spanish version, or in Portuguese it's Gonzalez. Uh, so I'm Portuguese, yeah. Italian, I'm a whole bunch of things, but it's Gonzalez. Okay, awesome, man. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. Gonzalez? Gonzalez is, is the more Spanish. I'm just going to call so you the real Mitch G. This is embarrassing yeah, for me. I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> with names anyway. I'll remember the real Mitch G. But, dude, how you been, man? I've been blessed, man. Right now, I'm in Barcelona, Spain. First time being to Europe. So, it's nice. good to to get out. And, and especially, uh, I came here with my dad and my brother. So, it's been a really wholesome oh, wow. experience. Yeah. And so, it's been cool just experiencing different culture, different vibe, and switching it up. And also working right now, I'm in, like, a spaces, which is, like, a co-working space. Yeah. Um, overlooking the beach. It's, it's, it's unreal, man. So I'm really enjoying that. That's what brought you to Spain. Just cause. I mean, I've always wanted to go to Europe. I think like as an entrepreneur, I, we could talk about this because I think, uh, as an entrepreneur, we go into this, like, like put the blinders on, you just go so focused and so dialed in with everything you're doing. Yeah. Like for, for me, like since I I got kind of incubated uh, from Sam Ovens, like since I was 18. So I I got yeah. indoctrinated <laughs> with Sam when I was young, right? And yeah, so how, how old are you now? I'm 26. 26. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. 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 So I got indoctrinated into this like focus, laser focus kind of mentality with very young, where I was put myself kind of in like quarantine. Uh, and I just built my business from like the ground up. And so I used to just lock, lock in. I used to lock out of a lot of, a lot of the um, distractions and I would just yeah. focus on my, my thing. And man, there was times where I would just be so dialed where I wouldn't like leave my, my condo in Toronto. Like I would just be so like extremely dialed in my help, like my oral ring stats would be like 98, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> I could be, I could see through walls, you know? And I feel like a lot of the times as an entrepreneur, man, like you get so caught up in that work that, you know, as you, as you probably feel, and I think a lot of people feel this these ways as time is passing like pretty rapidly these days, right? Years yeah. are just flicking by. Right. And so my big philosophy is the time elapses regardless. And one of my favorite quotes is by um, Marcus Aurelius. He says, what we do now echoes into eternity. And so mm. we only have the, the, the moment. Right. And I know people always say that's cliche, you know, you only have the moment, but for me, it was like, the time is going to pass anyways. It's what do we yep. do with that a lot of time and how can we collapse the time? So for me, you know, I was so focused on the business and now I'm starting to mix in a lot of more experiences because the time's going to go by anyways. And so yeah. while you're working, mix in these, these experiences that you can have. And that's, I mean, my, my change philosophy a little bit kind of integrated where you're still in the extremes of dialed in, 
but you're balancing the extremes with like other extreme yeah, for sure. uh, experiences, you know? What do you think? So we, we met obviously in Sam's mastermind. Um, I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I love Sam, right? Like he's, he's mm-hmm. become uh, a friend. I wouldn't say like a close friend or anything. Cause like he, you know, he's kind of just like in his own little zone and, you know, but like, he's become a friend of mine. Um, we text every now and then, and, um, I'm an investor in school. Obviously you, I think you're an investor in school too, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're an investor there. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, like see Sam as like this robotic figure. Right. And he's kind of come out a little bit more and meant a little bit more chill online kind of sort of, um, but, but uh, everybody looks at him and, and obviously he's a legend, uh, in the space. What do you think though? Like, what do you think Sam gets wrong? Cause I feel like everybody looks at Sam and goes, ah, Sam has everything figured out. Right. Um, yeah. and you know, on, on certain things, I, I, you know, he certainly does. And, you know, I've paid Sam a lot of money. I, I know you, I'm sure have too, but like, what do you think he gets wrong or what do you think he doesn't have quite figured out yet? The interesting thing with Sam and what he preaches is it, I remember in his first course, I think accelerated, he talks about when the facts change, I changed my mind. So I think a lot mm. of people think that Sam has it figured out. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, the, that like Sam and, and the way that he does things is, is always going to be that way. Uh, and it's easy to get into that mentality of like following somebody, especially like a guy like Sam, but the interesting thing is, like he used to say back in the day, you shouldn't build an audience, right? He's like, just focus, get off social yep. media. You don't need to be Gary Vee, right? But now he changed his mind where he's like, you should be building an audience and then feeding yep. it. And then you're growing organically when he was more paid ads. Yep. Now he's organic. So I think that anytime you follow someone too religiously like that, you have to like, uh, one of my favorite quotes as well is by Bruce Lee. He says, inhale what is useful, exhale what is not, and then add what is uniquely your own, right? So yeah. you mm. can take pieces, what he's saying, and then put it into your own uh, like philosophy and your own paradigm and taking information in and then making your own decisions, right? So yeah, I think it is interesting, really but, but Sa- yeah, Sam always, you know, he always makes these, uh, these, these claims and things like that. And the big thing is, it's just uh, deciding uh, for yourself, which route you should take and, and, and things like that. But I think that it's interesting when he's so locked in on one paradigm and he switches, but Sam's an extremist, right? Yeah, for sure. He goes to the ex- one end of the extreme, like he'll take the paid ads, like $40 million a year. And then now he's going no, no paid ads. Like, and then he finds a balance in the middle. Right. So I think, yeah, it, and I think it, the thing it does I, require you to think like that. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing I learned from Sam the most too, um, is systems thinking. Right. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and like Sam, Sam has this ability that uh, I think like, it's funny. Cause like when you said, he's very extreme, he's very like an all in type of thing. Hey, look at that. The power's back on. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> he's kind of a, a very all in type of person. But the thing I learned from him is like, he's always very clear on where he's going. And then he like reverse engineers mm-hmm. back from that. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when I, I joined Sam, it's, you know, funny when my mom, um, you know, my mom, I live in a very different world from my mom. Right. I grew up with like no money on a farm mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, you know, milking ga- cows and goats mm-hmm. at five o'clock in the morning, every morning. Right. So when like mm-hmm. my mom found out, I paid $36,000 to go be in a mastermind with Sam. And like, we met up three times a year. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, there's no way it's worth it. And I'm like, it super was right. But like the reason I joined Sam's mastermind was not so much to like learn some, uh, you know, revolutionary idea of how to do things. Right. It was literally just mm-hmm. to get around him 
and like understand how he th thinks about things. And I learned more about systemizing my life and how to make decisions really, really well, right? From Sam mm -hmm. than probably any other person in business that I've ever been around. Because like, mm -hmm. he has this weird way of just being able to like remove emotion completely from a decision making process. But then mm -hmm. at least what I what I found is when I got around him, emotions were still very much involved in his decision making process when it comes to they were factors, right? And so when I would look mm -hmm. at emotions, you know, most people would go and this is what, what I used to do is they would go and they would like, um, like I would make decisions based on emotions, whereas Sam basically took the yeah. emotion he was feeling and made it a fact and put that in as part mm -hmm. of the equation, right? And he was like, well, I feel this way, right? And so like, I have to, can, can, you know, uh, factor that in. And so that was probably one of the most mm -hmm. helpful things. And, you know, from someone like Sam, we talk about influence, right? I mean, that dude has a, mm -hmm. a tremendous amount of influence, right? What, mm -hmm. what was it like, or like, what was your like, I guess, how close are you with Sam? How, how much have you guys like kind of gotten to know each other? And what, what were your probably yeah. like your biggest takeaways from, from just like how he created influence in, the, in his world? Yeah, it's interesting, man, because me and Sam are pretty close. Like, we'll, I got anytime I text him, he'll answer, right? And like, yeah. you have to realize that, again, I started with Sam when I was young. And also Sam, like, I, we, I've been probably in Sam's in arena now yeah, for like eight years. Like, I got on a sales, Sam closed me on the phone back in the day, right? Dang. Himself, into and, and up level, like his, his lower ticket one, right? So, like, I, I have me and Sam, me and Sam have like, because like he's seen my evolution as well yeah, as yeah. Like a student of his right so it, it is interesting but yeah one of the things that i noticed with um like going back to like decision making like one thing that he does more so now which he he removed that from his like decision making process where he was so fact fact based that he wouldn't even put emotion into it like he would disregard his emotions mm, interesting right? and he wouldn't have the emotion built into it and but one of the things that I guess he realized and that is interesting when it comes to decision-making is like, what is your gut feeling? Like your intuition tell you to yeah. do. And if it, if the, if it doesn't, if the vibe feels off or you're not supposed to do that, then uh, you shouldn't be actually going and doing that, that thing. But then you also take into the account um, the facts and like, what is, what is true? Like he always seeks truth, which I think is something that, you know, as we talked a little bit about, like more and more, I study the Bible uh, yeah. The more you seek truth, the more you get to the essence of the thing. And I think that's one thing that Sam's really good at is distilling things down to its core essence. So I learned that a lot from him and that there's so many lessons, man, but um, I learned to, um, to just make, make decisions, but also come into play a little bit of like your intuition. Uh, but anytime you go too emotional with the decision-making um, there's a few times in my life where you're so attached to this one thing that yeah. your, your, your emotion overrides anything else. And if you make your, your decisions solely on emotion, I I'll tell you, you'll never make the right decision because it's driven solely by emotion, right? Yeah. So you can't go on that extreme because there's, again, sometimes where you're so attached to this one thing, it has to be this way. I have to do this, but you have to zoom out and you have to be, uh, detach yeah. yourself from the outcome and just look at it from a third party perspective and then look at all of the, you know, things at play before you make the decision. But that, that's something that I learned from Sam, especially, uh, yeah. but then also in business, making them based off of da data and not data, emotion. Yeah. yeah that's big. That's big too. It's funny. I was, I was, uh, 
like, ah, data, man, man, man. And then I'm like, look at data. I'm like, oh, data is actually really helpful. <laughs> but it's interesting you said yeah. that about Sam, where he where he has this relentless pursuit of truth, right? Um, and actually, you brought up you brought up Christianity, religion. I want to get to that. I want to kind of transition over to that here in just a second because I actually so. I take I always take a very very different approach to high level influencers, right? I'm obviously very very good friends with Russell Brunson, um, Sam Ovens, uh, and I have you know I now become friends. And so you you get around these influential people, and I've watched so many people uh, they try to build relationships or they try to um, you know get known by these people, right? Become friends with these people by impressing them, right? Um, you know, like they're like they're somehow gonna build a better funnel than Russell, right? Or like they're somehow gonna build, you know, a better course that's gonna impress Sam somehow, right? And it's like, okay, that 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 rarely works. And what I have found to be the most influential when it comes to like getting with these people is just taking a genuine interest in them and like asking them questions mm -hmm. that are completely outside the box, right? And I remember mm -hmm. uh when we were out on the first mastermind that I came out to with Sam um in California. He, we went out to a bar afterwards, right? Everyone, you know, we, we all went out, everyone was drinking, of course, and I, and I don't drink, um, not for religious reasons, although I guess I, I guess kind of, but like, I just don't like alcohol. And like everybody in the whole, whole bar was drinking, except for me, Sam, and like one other person. And it's probably like 11 o'clock at night. And I asked Sam, I was, you know, we started talking about like truth and you know how he makes decisions. And I asked him about God. And I was like, hey, what, like, what's your opinion on God, right? Because I'm you know, obviously a very uh, very religious person in the sense of I believe in the God of the Bible. I, I hate religion, right? I follow Jesus, but but I'm, I am very religious in that sense. And it was very mm -hmm. interesting to see, because two things I noticed. Number one is you could tell that this is not a question that Sam had been asked, at least not very mm -hmm. often. Because like, like normally he's like a very, like there's a like patterns, you know how you can like see Sam think, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, mm -hmm. shh, shh, right? It was like mm -hmm. kind of like this, you know what I mean, right? And like, so mm -hmm. like I mean, we're sitting there in this bar and like you could see him like kind of not freeze, but just like, it took him a while to like process the question, right? And when mm -hmm. he went through and explained, and I'm not, I'm not, I won't go into the details of, you know, really his answer, cause that's not, you know, it's not really for mine to share. I'll let, I'll let him, you know, share that if he ever wants to. But it was interesting how he um, he basically took God outside of truth, like they were two separate things, right? And um, when I when I thought when I thought about that, when I looked at that, I was like, interesting, because obviously I see God, I see Jesus specifically as truth. Jesus is very clear in the Bible, right? Uh, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? No man comes to the Father except through me. And so, um, you know, as somebody who is so analytical, like Sam. And he reminds me a lot of Elon Musk, right? These people, you know, they're incredibly mm -hmm. intelligent, engineer mind, you know, seeking this truth, seeking like what that is. Um, it always is fascinating to me when the conclusion is outside of God, right? Like when when God is separate from mm -hmm. that. And so not that one is right. I mean, I believe there, there, there is one right and wrong, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I'm curious to know with you, like, because we talked about this briefly, like where does religion, God, Christianity, things like that fit into your worldview when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to truth, when it comes to life, mm -hmm. uh, and how does that influence you? Yeah, you know what? This is actually a very interesting question because prior to, you know, getting, uh, becoming born again and like getting baptized and giving my life to, to Jesus, the, the, the interesting thing was I used to think I used to be pretty big into like the manifestation law of attraction, which to mm. an extent, I still, I still believe a lot of those things. Right. Uh, in, in a sense, 
But one of the interesting things was I when I started to like really start reading the Bible and start praying and have a relationship with God, right? I was I thought that these two things were separated, where it's like, okay, if I believe this one thing, I can't believe this, this kind of like uh, a dichotomy or this separated thinking, right? Yeah. But as I started to go in deeper into it, one of the interesting things was I was talking to one of my friends, who Bashar, who's also in the mastermind. Uh, and I was talking to him and I asked him, I'm like, what do you think about like law of attraction, you know, manifestation? And because he's also, uh, I think, Catholic or Christian and uh, with, with God. And he said, he said, well, let me ask you a question. He's like, do you believe? God is the creator of all things. I said, yes. Mm. He's like, okay. And do you believe that he created you? And I said, yes. He's like, and do you think he created everything around you? I said, yes. He's like, okay, well, if God created you and you are a, you are a creation of, from God, what makes you think that you can't create from, from God? And I was like, well, I'm sorry. What makes you, what makes you think what? That you can't create from God. Like you're not Mm -hmm. a creator yourself through God. Right. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting concept. And so he's like, well, if you think about it, that's like the essence of manifestation, creation, right? But if you are a creation of God and you can create, right? So that's like the manifestation. So it switched my mind because I thought it was like, I don't know, like maybe demonic or whatever if I was following the law of attraction shit, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. While also trying to follow, you know, God. But I've noticed that that is just like, that is the truth. Like, what, what do you think? people are manifesting and creating from well it's coming from a higher source like it's coming from god you know in my in my belief yeah. system now it's like because that's the creator of all things right well and you know what's interesting on that is what like so there's a couple of things i've been fascinated about this concept of creation ever since i hired um, my mindset coach katie several years back right she was all about being a creator mm-hmm. here's an interesting thing if you believe in the bible right which i know you do yeah. So what is the very, very first thing that we know about God? Ready? In the beginning, God created, right? Yeah. So the very first thing that we know about God is that he is a creator. It's the very first thing we learn mm-hmm. about God, right? Genesis mm-hmm. 1-1. In the beginning, mm-hmm. God Genesis. created the heavens and the earth, right? And now here's mm-hmm. the, the next interesting part is that he goes through, he creates, you know, the heavens, the earth, you know, the earth was out without form, mm-hmm. he, you know, plants, the animals, all these things. And then when God created man, how did he create man? He created, he literally breached down, he breathed into the Adam's nostrils, right? And God created Mm -hmm. man in his own image. And so when you talk Mm -hmm. about this concept of being a creator, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is all something I go back to. It's like literally the very first thing that we know about God is that he was a creator. And it says that Mm -hmm. God created us in his own image. So like the Mm -hmm. by definition, then we have the power to go through and create, right? And so when Mm -hmm. you talk about like law of attraction and and manifestation or or all that, I believe in all of those things. Not not really what I call it, right? But like, that's Mm -hmm. I absolutely believe in those things because we are creators as exactly as you said. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I just found that so fascinating Mm -hmm. that that's how we were created. Yeah. And and that's kind of what shifted a little bit in my, in my mind where it's like, okay, well that, that is the ultimate truth. Then, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it from the perspective of like creation, how you're creating things, it's like the more that you, and for me, the more that I seek and have a relationship with God, the more these things reveal themselves. And what interesting thing is, uh, 
and we can kind of talk about this, but um, one of the things that I've noticed is that you can, you can, if you just are aware, you can see God's miracles in real time. You can see him moving things in your life in real time. And you know that as you're creating as well, God is moving and creating for you. Right. Yeah. And so it was just an interesting thing of how I started to then dive deeper into that. And the similar way where I manifested the things early on, which was when I wasn't really had a relationship with God, I was just manifesting and I was, you know, visualizing all these things, but that by definition is creating, right? So yes. Yes. Uh, now I've been, I've been able to do it from the lens of uh, God, which was, it's been much uh, more interesting. Way cooler, dude. It's way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to continue down this vein, but I actually have a question on this because now I'm curious with you. What made you come to Christ, right? Specifically, like what made you go, okay, I believe, I believe that the God of the Bible, Christ, Jesus, right? Like I believe that like that is the truth. And like, what led you to this realization? Because obviously, dude, religion is one of my topics. Dude, I, I could talk for, I could talk for 12 straight hours and not get bored, like 12 days in a row, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I, just, I absolutely mm -hmm. love religion. I, I debate, I was just down, uh, I was just down in Costa Rica with Dan Henry. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's, he's, he's Muslim now, right? Him and, him and, um, mm -hmm. uh, his wife, his, his ex-wife, uh, and so we were talking, you know, deep in, um, you know, about, about Islam and like different, I'm fascinated by religion, right? So like, what made you believe, like, why do you know that the Bible is true? Yeah, man. Uh, so I can tell you a little bit about my testimony, but one of the interesting things, uh, like I'm, I'm obviously quite new. I only got baptized like three months ago. So like still born again, new. Congratulations, but one of the interesting man. things, Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So uh, one of the things was my, one of my best friends is he's, he's probably going to be a pastor. He's like, he can recite verses off verses off verses off the dome. He's, he's like, it's, it's honestly unbelievable. Uh, but anyway, so he's, he kind of got me, uh, deeper into it. And he, we'd always have these long conversations and it, and every single time it just made so much sense because he was speaking, uh, through that lens of the Bible. And he was mixing it in with, uh, everything that we were talking about in terms of like what this manifestation or within business, he would then kind of weave it in and it made so much sense. And then just having a relationship with God, reading the Bible. Um, but one of the things was, and I'll tell you a story. Yeah. And this is a story. So, so this was during the heart of COVID. Okay. During 2020. Uh, so one day, I, I like I had like I, it was like I think a Monday morning and I was drinking a coffee at like 10 a.m. And I started like couldn't like having trouble breathing. And I was like, mm. man, am I having COVID or something like and I was and I started getting anxious, you know, and you start thinking and you have this like feedback yeah. loop, you know, whatever. So I'm like, whoa, like I don't even know what's going on. So then I, I called like in Canada, we had this like health line. I called them They're like, oh, yeah, you should probably go to emergency, just get checked, whatever. So I went to the, the hospital and now it's like, I didn't, I was delayed. I didn't want to go to the hospital. I started working, but I got anxious and I was like, nah, I don't, I was like, fine, I'm going to go. But yeah. this time it's like three, 3 PM in the afternoon now. So I go to the hospital, I'm getting the blood work done. They're, they're uh, taking my blood pressure, taking my blood. And I asked the nurse, I'm like, can I go to Tim Hortons in Canada? We have Tim Hortons. So like, can I get a can I get a muffin or something? Like I haven't eaten all I haven't eaten all day. 
And she's like, oh, no, if you leave, you can't come back in because I was when the COVID restrictions were like uh, extreme, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. in Canada. She's like, if you leave, you can't come back in. So I'm like, I was like, damn. And I was like, man, I'm like, I'm like basically shaking at this point because I'm eight and like, oh, like 18 hours, right? Fasting. Yeah, yeah. And um, she's like, she's like, no, like, I was like, can you get me? And I was just basically saying, like, I'm hungry. I need food, right? And then so uh, she's, she's like, whatever. She's like, okay, go sit down. So I'm now in the waiting room. I would say about like an hour later, out of nowhere, the doors open. You know, those like where they open, like uh, they swing open, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and it, and it was like a light was behind her. It looked like an angel came out of these doors, right? She comes with a sandwich and a juice out of nowhere. Like an hour later, I didn't even know she still remembered. She brought me a sandwich. Everyone, there was like 20 people in the waiting room. She brings it to me, right? And I was like, I was like, wow, like I started eating the sandwich and drinking the juice. And I'm like, I felt a hundred times better. Then I go, the doctor calls me in. I go, they do all the blood work. Now I go to a different waiting room, which is like deeper in the hospital. And I'm waiting there and I'm just sitting in the chair and there's like, it's like a horseshoe and there's a big beam in front of me, like by the door. And out of nowhere, my friend who I just mentioned, who's going to be a pastor out of nowhere, this is before he started like being, this is like, Again, a couple of years ago, before he was like yeah, deep yeah. into it, he was just, he just randomly started sending me verses out of nowhere and videos mm. on like how, and one of the, the first verse he sent me was, and you probably know this one, but it said, along the effects, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it said, do not worry what you shall eat or what you should drink or yep. what you shall wear, because only the pagans worry about these things. For yeah. are you not more uh, important than the pagans? For he will give you all the food you should drink or the, the food you should eat, the, the, uh, the water you should drink or whatever. And that was the verse he, he sent to me. And I was like, damn, like, cause that in that same essence, when she brought me the food, I was worried about food and I wasn't going to have it. That's so but wild. In that moment, she brought, he brought me the food. Right. And then yeah. he started to say, again, I wasn't responding to him. He was just, he was just like a stream of verses and videos and stuff out of wow. nowhere. He didn't even know I was in the hospital. My phone was on like 1%. So my phone's on 1%. I'm watching the video about like this verse that somebody's reading and is talking about like health and like revival and things like this. And then boom, my phone shuts off and everybody's gone from the waiting room. And I've been waiting in the waiting room for like an hour and a half. Literally 30 seconds later, my phone dies. The doctor comes in and says, yeah, you're good. You're not, you don't have anything. You're good to go. I walk out, my phone's dead. I walk out of the hospital. There's a taxi sitting right there. Hop in the taxi. Takes me to my house. And I was like, if God's not real, then what was those That's miracles so wild. in real time? And I was analyzing it. And I was like seeing it from a third-party perspective. But in the in the waiting room, I felt the Holy Spirit pierce through me. Like this overbearing, overwaving uh, feeling just rushed through my body. Yeah. And I just felt so like peaceful whole and like secure and like it's just a an, such a wild experience and then yeah. again boom 30 seconds later the doctor comes and says you're good to go and nothing's wrong with you so it's just that was the first time where i felt the holy spirit and i was just like yeah. wow this is not of this world this is a higher yeah. being you know so that that was the first time and then quite recently actually like uh four or five months ago my brother was getting married and uh leading up to this i was like pretty heavy into it i was going i'm going to church every sunday now for the past few years right uh in miami and so i was gotten like heavy what kind of church you go to just 
Uh, Christian church, like uh, it's called Vu. It's in it's cool. a nice one in Miami. Yeah. Oh, cool. And um. And so, anyways, I'm there, and uh, yeah, so I've been going to the church, and then about six months ago, yeah, about about four months ago, my brother was getting married, and I was in Toronto, and there was certain thing that was gonna happen, like was supposed to happen. I was supposed to like there's something that was gonna happen at the wedding that didn't end up ha- that was supposed to happen didn't happen. Anyways, leading up to that, the week before, um, it was just such a wholesome experience because. I would have never been able to do these certain things. And I knew that God had removed this certain thing from my life Yeah. in order for me to experience those wholesome moments with my brother, my dad, like getting ready with them, taking my brother out like the day before his wedding, all these things. And I, and I know, and I just uh, kept sensing that God was telling me to go all in. Like, cause I was in real time with my, my friend, who's like the pastor, we were analyzing what was happening in real time. And he was saying, you see how oh, cool. that removed for your life so this could happen? And then he's like, watch what's going to happen next. This is going to happen because of this. And then it happened like the next couple of days. And I was and like the whole week or two weeks, we were calling God's blessings. And, and it was revealing himself in real time. He was moving mountains and removing certain things and people from my life. So it could yeah. allow me the time and especially with my business which we haven't talked about, but I started a yeah, we'll software we'll business, which I want, yeah. which I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it, it was just like this, like intersection between these two pieces. And then the week, the day I get back from uh, Toronto back to Miami, my church is hosting a conference, a three-day church conference. And so I go because this is the day I get back. I go to the church conference. Amazing uh, experience, like so many pastors, etc. And then. Um, again, I just felt God telling me to go all in, go all in. And then the very last sermon on the Saturday, Saturday night, it was all about going all in with God. Mm. And so yeah, that one just hit me to my core. And then uh, I just told myself, yeah, I'm going to get baptized. The next day they're doing baptisms at the church. And then I decided me, my friend, uh, two of my buddies did it brothers in Christ. And so we, all three of us got baptized that day. And it was amazing, man. That's amazing, dude. And I'm, all, I'm always fascinated. I ask people about, you know, their testimonies and stuff. And I, I really appreciate you sharing. Um, Cause everybody has a different story. Right. And like some people are going to be listening right now. They're going to be like, okay, you know what I mean? And other people are going to relate to it like so much. And it's like, you know, God speaks to everybody differently. Some people, it's very, very subtle, right? Some people, it's, you know, amazing experiences like this. Some people, it's in, in the, you know, the, the midst of pain, right? I mean, I found, I, I found God, I found God because of the death of my brother, right? And then, you know, mm. Jesus through, you know, through dealing with, you know, spiritual warfare and things. And it's like, you know, God has these things. And one of my favorite quotes, and, and it's clearly evident in, in your life with this is, you know, um, uh, God is in, God can be seen in the details, right? Like, and when you actually look at like the details of things, it's, it's very, very, it's, it's very powerful. Right. Um, mm. And I'm curious, I do want to get to business, but I do have, have one more question on, on the Christianity front of things, because I think one of the big, one of the big things that I am pretty against right now, when it comes to the, the, the Christian realm um, of, you know, people professing the name of Christ or, or, or whatever it is, not that you're doing this in any way, shape or form, but like, is this, this whole concept of like prosperity gospel, right? Where it is, you know, you believe in Christ and like, God wants you to be rich. You know, all of your life will be easy. If you just like give it to Christ, you know, he'll bless you financially. If as long as you tie, like this, this, this concept that 
you know, somehow that like you're going to accept Christ or you're going to start using Christ and everything is going to be easy. Everything's going to work out. Right. Um, which is, it's, it's very, very not true. Right. It's very against the Bible. In fact, Jesus says the exact opposite, right? Like by following him, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have tribulations and all of these things. Right. I'm curious. One of the things that I have been very, very, um, uh, affected by studying, uh, and I don't want to say into, cause you know, I think it's always there, but like, uh, just aware of, um, is, is the, like kind of the demonic realm, the, the, the spiritual uh, realm, the, the, the fact that we have not just an enemy, but what we have an, an intelligent enemy, a coordinated enemy, right? An, an enemy uh, that, that wants to see us fail. And so like when we're talking about creation and manifestation, right? It's like, yes, you have the power to go and do that, but there's also an enemy out there right? That, that wants to see you not follow God, that wants to see you not experience his benefits and, 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 and the fruit of that, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, have you yeah. experienced any of that? Or, 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 cause I mean, I could talk about that for hours. Like my, my, my pastor right now, dude, my pastor is so awesome. We go to a pretty big church, but like this guy, he is, he's big, he's mm -hmm. jacked, he's bald, he's covered in tattoos and he is like all in sold out for Jesus. Right. And he mm -hmm. like, you know, he, he's getting up there and like, you know, declaring war on the spiritual realm and like, you know, we're going all in. So like, mm -hmm. we're in the midst of it, like as a church right now, we're like going through and studying it, but like, have you experienced any of that or, or what are your thoughts on, on just that and the, the influence that that has? Yeah. You know, what's interesting during the last six months, I knew what God was telling me to do. Mm. I heard him. He was telling me, go this way. But at sometimes, you can call it the enemy, wants you to go in this other way and disobey God, right? And so I was disobeying God, getting caught up, you know, with certain women and this and that, especially living in Miami, right? So yeah. I was going down one pathway, right? And so, and I was... And I knew God was telling me, go this, go this route, right? He was telling me this is the way, but I was disobeying him because I wanted to continue going down this path because that, you know, it, you get, see, you, you get uh, pulled into this, this way. Right. And so it's always going to be evident, but I, I realized too, when you disobey God, you're moving further away from his blessings. But when you start taking in and you start listening to him and you start putting yourself in the position and in the direction he wants you to go, that is when things start pouring onto yeah. you. There's, a, there's a, one of the verses I, I love too. It, it essentially says, and it's all about like momentum and it's why well, I interpret it as like momentum and abundance. It, it's uh, essentially, and I can pull it up, uh, the actual quote, but it's essentially uh, the one who has more will be given more, but the yeah. one who has less, even less will be given unto him. Right. Yeah. And so when you have more and you, and you seek and you seeking in his direction, more will be given unto you. But even that one that has less and you keep seeking the, these, uh, these, I guess you can call them evil ways or demonic ways. And you, you feed into that enemy, even less will be given unto you. Yeah. So spiral, I think it's like the feedback loop, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect transition into business, which is, I, I do want to talk about this because you're obviously someone, um, you know, when I, when I first joined Sam Ovens mastermind, this, you know, whenever I, whenever I do any, you know, kind of mastermind or group, new group, whatever I go and I, I find, you know, I find two or three people that are in the group that, you know, I think are like 
uh, killing it or just like are doing like have a brand have have a have a, have a i don't know i want to call it a vibe but kind of that that energy that 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 feeling of like okay i resonate with this the you know belief systems or whatever you're definitely one of the, the, those people right and i appreciate i mean back in the day you you know you sent me over your your vsl and like you know i, I studied a, um, a lot of that you know with you and that verse that you were just talking about about, about being more given to you right one of the commands that we are told is to be fruitful and multiply right but the, the parable of the talents is so fascinating, right? Because it's, you know, the, the, the first guy was given one talent. The second guy was given two talents. The, the third guy was given five talents, right? And, you know, talent, most of you, I don't think realize this, but a talent was not a small sum of money, right? A talent was an entire lifetime of wages, right? Like that's how much a talent was. And so when, you know, when the, the talent, the, you know, the people, the guy had five went and, you know, created 10 and the guy that two went and he doubled it. And then the guy that had one, right, he buried it in, into the ground. He did nothing with it. He squandered it. Right. And not only when the master came back, when, you know, when the servant came back, not only did he take that talent and give it to the man that had the most. Right. But something very interesting that I don't think a lot of people catch. And I've said this in many times is like he was actually rebuked. It, it was said it was like, uh, woe unto you, you, you wicked servant right? He, he had gone through and he was like literally cursed for not doing something with it. And so as entrepreneurs, uh, you and I both, right? You know, producers uh, of the world, I feel like, you know, we have a, a very unique um, view on the world and a very unique set of gifts where, you know, most mm -hmm. people that are tied to a nine to five job or most people that are tied to, you know, fixed type of income, nothing morally wrong with that. But like, the way that they see and look at the world is, is very, very different than us mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, right? And I mm -hmm. believe that entrepreneurs specifically are given a, a you know, a, a, a higher calling, if you will, or a higher responsibility in the area of production than the average person, right? So mm -hmm. when it comes to, when it comes to business, um, like fill me in, like catch me up to speed because it's, it's been a while since we've hung out or even, you know, we don't really know mm -hmm. each other, but like catch me up to speed. What are you doing with business? Um, you know, what have you, what have you been working on? Like, what's your vision and, and kind of like, what are you doing there? I'd, I'd be curious to know. Yeah, this is a really uh, interesting question. Yeah. If you would ask me 12 months ago, I would have said probably something different, but over the past 12 months, I've been working on a new software called optimateai.com. Optimate? Essentially optimate AI. Uh, it's basically optimize and automate and essentially um, right now we're tackling just high ticket businesses and essentially simplifying automating your business, but it's, it's also a payment platform. Think of it as like nice. your high ticket headquarters, your business headquarters. Okay. Um, so it's going to have, it's not going to, it's not a CRM. It's more so where you can take payments. You can do create custom payment plans from there, but also tracks your sales and gives you analytics. Because as you know, you know, a lot of the times we use spreadsheets. And can, then can, can I actually pause yeah, for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Can you back up for, for those that don't, because I don't, I, I don't know. Most people probably don't, don't know your backstory at all. Um, yeah. I know a, a little bit of it. Can you give us like a two to three minute recap of like what came yeah. before this? Like how we got to yeah, here? Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. that would really, be really, really relevant yeah, um, yeah. to this. Yeah. You said, because you said you got started like 18 or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I've always been business oriented, man. Like I, like when I was 11, I had a paper route, you know, going door to door, knocking and selling newspaper subscriptions. So I was, I was a hustler since I was young, man. Um, yeah. I had a car detailing business when I was 16 out of my parents' driveway. Love uh, it. Just post ads on Craigslist. Kijiji, Bro, I sold you know, bread Kijiji's. door to door, dude. When I was 14 years old, <laughs> Yo. 
I, or no, not 14. When I was uh, 11 years old, I literally went door to door. I knew how to make homemade bread from scratch. And I literally went door to door and I printed off flyers and I went and I would collect orders on like Monday and then I would go make mm-hmm. the bread and I would like literally go deliver it during the week. So hustlers. That's, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's in your blood, I feel, you know? And so like I was yeah. always that, that way. And then, um, you know, I, I started learning how like early, like maybe 17, like stocks and current trading currencies and commodities mm. and things like that. So I was like heavily invested into that. I, I thought that I, that's what I was going to do the rest of my life was build, make a hedge fund. <laughs> um, but <laughs> You know, as I was as I was doing that, uh, I was broke, <laughs> so I had no money. So like, you you can't get rich really off five k. I mean, I had five k to my name. I was just trading that, and um, and so I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna invest uh, all my money into myself and and growing and trying to build a business. And so, uh, basically, a salesman in me, I convinced my dad to uh, co-sign on a line of credit of like fifteen k or like ten or fifteen k. Wow, and um. I, I made a co-sign on that. I put 5K into my trading account. I took the other 10K. I bought uh, Sam's programs. I bought Ty's programs. I bought Russell's programs. I bought everybody. Like I just invested in myself. I'd read like uh, four yeah. books a month. Like I was just like feeding my mind. This is like when I was 18. One of the one of the uh, initial things I did was I used to go door to door and selling. Uh, this is back in uh, 2016. I used to sell uh, restaurants early, early days of Facebook and Instagram, I would then do social media management for them. This for is them? before anybody and any gurus. Yeah. This is like 2016 is pretty early in that stage. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that was like fresh. I was fresh out of high school and I was like, man, I, my, my thought process was I see everybody posting food on Instagram. So I'm like, I'm just going to get these restaurants to start posting food on Instagram. Right. <laughs> so that was my, that was my thought dude, process. Dude, so, dude, imagine, <laughs> imagine we knew what we knew now back in 2016 with social media. Oh, I'd have made like $50 million. <laughs> Bro, we'd be so rich. Like, so yeah. rich. Like, it was so wild how easy it was to go. Like, and oh, and, and so Ty, easy, I think, man. is... Ty's the greatest, a great example of that, right? I feel, I feel like Ty in 2016 probably had similar to, maybe a little bit more, but similar to, like, the knowledge, right, that we have now with this. And, yeah, like, just, like, it clicked exactly. for him. And he went from being, like, you know, oh, I have a couple million bucks to like hundreds of millions, right? In the social media mm-hmm. boom. Um, but anyway, sorry, continue. Mm-hmm. I just throw it out there, yeah. Yeah, well, actually talking about Ty. So I was I was going door to door. So I was just like, I'd go to like 20, 30 restaurants, 40 restaurants a day, just knocking on them. Amazing. But I would go during the day, but no, none of the, the owners were there. I remember this one time, it was like 9 p.m. at night and I pull up, I've, I've been to like 30, handing out these flyers, whatever, and none of them, answer there's no owners yeah yeah i pull up 9 p.m at night i'm like all right man i'm sitting in my car in my honda civic and i'm looking at myself in the beer i'm like man i do not want to go the guy's not going to be there you know it's all that negative talk you start doubting yourself like he's not going to be in there you the owner you just go home right i'm like i look myself in the mirror and i said you're going to go in there and you're going to close them so i pull get my little clipboard my my uh little flyers i walk in I say to the hostess, yes. I'm like, is the owner here? He's like, yeah. He's like, he brings him out. It's this uh, Sri Lankan guy. And he's like, I was like, man, I want to help you grow your, your restaurant. He's like, all right, come sit with me. So I sit in the booth with him. I pull it out. I start doing my pitch. And I tell him the price. He pauses. He gets up and leaves. And I'm like, all right, 
because he doesn't want it, right? Yeah, he yeah. comes back with a checkbook, writes a check, rips it off, hands it to me, and says, come back tomorrow at 9 a.m., and we'll get to work. So I picked the checkbook up. <laughs> I took the check. I remember driving home just like windows do you, down. Do you remember how much probably, it was? Probably 1500 a month. 1500 bucks. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, 1500 bucks a month, and I was – I was absolutely hyped, man. Like it was, it was one of the best feelings ever because one yeah. first client and it made it real. Like, even though I, I immediately went to the bank uh, and cashed a check. And I just remember the feeling of driving home. Like, I think it really gave me hope. And it was like, you, you I can actually do this. And it, yep. it, it had this like confirmation that I was on the right path. And yeah, man, I was just so hyped. I went home. I was probably bumping like 50 cents or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, uh, dude. I, I, the next day I, I come, I help him out. And then, man, uh, that one client, we just did Facebook uh, ads for him back when Facebook ads weren't even like no one was doing it. I just did like promos, giveaways, uh, grew his email list. Anything about this, uh, uh, a city of 2000 or about 100,000 people. I got an email list of like 2,500 people for him in a span of like Crazy. two, three months. And he went from 90 K a month to 120 a month. And he couldn't break 90. He's like, if you can help me break 90, he's like, I'm going to be so happy. He got to 120. And then he said that he didn't want to work together. He sort of wanted to do flyers. I'm like, dude, do you not see what we're doing here? And this was again, early social media. He didn't know the direct ROI, but I'm like, dude, where do you think all these customers are coming from? <laughs> so anyways, that was also oh, when I was nuts. transitioning into uh, helping financial advisors because I wanted to again build a hedge fund so I'm like oh I'll just go to you know help hedge funds so I started working with a couple like uh, wealth managers hedge funds so I grew an agency that agency that was like my breakthrough I went from selling like the thing I hated about the agency because I got it up to a few clients with the restaurants but the thing I hate about it was I had to go in and collect the check every single month oh, physically dang. in handwritten check and every single month I had to sell them on why they should continue paying me so it sucked right and plus, it wasn't online automated money. Yeah, it was yeah. physical checks. So it sucked. Uh, and then I was like, man, I want to do this more online. And that's when I started targeting the financial advisors. And then I was just hammering them. And one of the things was I uh, typed in Google on like financial advisors directory. And one of the things that popped up was LinkedIn. <laughs> so I was like, ah, interesting. So I started going on LinkedIn and I seen they're all on LinkedIn. And so I was like, damn, I'm just going to master LinkedIn. And so I just focused on LinkedIn. That was like my early claim to fame. Um, because was LinkedIn. Mine was Instagram. Still, there you go. So yeah, I would. I got it. My I got my agency to like fifty k a month in the span of four months, just going hard on on uh, on LinkedIn and, and cold email. Got it to about fifty k a month, and then uh, I started posting on Facebook about like that. I would, like my agency just results in like even in Sam's uh, group and things like that. And I had a bunch of agencies just asking me. I were using LinkedIn. Like I can't get clients, you know, cold email. This stuff yeah. doesn't work for me. So I started teaching them LinkedIn. Which by the way is and it, complete BS. Anyone that's like, oh, cold DM. Like I hate cold DM. Yeah. I hate cold. I hate, I hate cold outreach. I hate it so much, right? Yeah. I did not my jam. I don't like it. But anyone that's like, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. I'm like, you're so dumb. <laughs> like, yes, it does. Anyway, continue, continue. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So I, I've, I've been, I mean, my big thing is I'm, I'm a cold, cold outbound guy. Like that's where I, like, That's your bread I used and to butter. cold call these financial advisors, cold call them on Wall Street. That was cutting my You're teeth. You're a hustler, man. bro. Kicked the teeth every day. Yeah, so that that uh that that taught me a lot just with sales. Uh, yeah. So I would cold call them. I would hit them on LinkedIn, hit them on cold email. But I grew the that agency at about 50K a month. And then 
I had all these uh, these agencies asking me how I was doing it. So I started training them, helping them just on the side of what I was doing. Cause I had no, like I was just growing my agency. I didn't really care about teaching. And right. at the time, no one really did like courses and things like that. Right. Like, that wasn't Sam, a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So then I'm like, all right, man, I'll just help you out. So I'll just help them with like Zoom calls and stuff like that. And then they would get good results. So I'm like, all right. And at one point, I got so much demand that I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do a webinar. I launched a webinar. Um, and I'll actually tell you this story because it is interesting. So real, real quick, I post. Yeah. Is, is this leading? I want to know when you made your first million. Is this leading to that? Yeah. Yeah. This is leading okay. to that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, I'll, yeah. and I'll be quick, but I, I again, I, no, you're good. You're good. Awesome. Oh, you're yeah. good. Um, so I posted on Facebook about a webinar. And so I did a webinar. There's about 12 people on, and it's not like a typical webinar. Like I'm not doing the perfect webinar, Russell Brunson. Yeah. Course, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm just giving value, bro. I'm on a Zoom call and I have a Google Doc, and it's basically a training. I'm doing a live training, like actual, like nobody used to do this. So at the end of the yeah. webinar, I showed them all my secrets for free. Yeah. Like everything. One yeah. guy, at the, one guy at the end, he asked me, he's like, why are you doing this? Like, why did you show us this free? And I said, man, I believe in the law of reciprocity and that what I mm. put out in the world will come back to me in unfathomable ways that I can't even understand. And he's like, wow, man, like, I love that. Two months later. He comes back to me, takes my LinkedIn system, build a fully automated system and shows me and, and, and basically implements it into my business. And it took days to implement this. And that guy to this day is now my business. He's been my business partner for the past few years, uh, but he's also Crazy. my business partner in a new SaaS startup, which he's very technical. He ran development teams. He's oh, always at the optimate, uh, optimate. Yeah. AI? Yeah. Nice, nice. yeah. His name's Glenn. He's an absolute savage, like beyond an A player, like A plus player, like beyond that, like savage and uh, very technical. And so he has a technical background. I'm the sales and marketing guy. So we have a good pairing. Oh, you have a great have, relationship then. Nice. Right? Yeah, we have a really good relationship. So I've always been the sales and marketing face of the, of the business. So long story short, we launched a LinkedIn program together. We, we scale that within four months, get it to 100K a month. So I was running ads to a VSL to a phone call. I was just doing like eight sales calls, eight to 12 sales calls a day. I did that. This is now end of 2018 going into 2019. Uh, made my first million at 21, I believe. Wow. Yeah, 21, Congratulations. That's amazing. First million. And then I scaled that man. And uh, yeah, I mean, after that point, I, ne I didn't make anything less than hundred K a month for like five years straight, four years straight. Um, so mm. we were just cranking. I had a sales team. I scaled that. Uh, at one point we had, uh, about 11 or 12 salespeople. We had mostly during outbound. So they're doing like outbound LinkedIn, cold email, things like that. Yeah. And as they're like SDRs, like appointment setters. This is before even anybody even knew what appointment setters was. Yeah. yeah. Before, from... before our Cole Gordon came along and popularized yeah, it all. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were doing, we were doing SDR cause I learned it from like studying SAS and they had a lot of SDRs, uh, which are sales development reps, which are appointment setters. You know what people call them. And so we had a bunch of SDRs that were doing LinkedIn outbound, cold email outbound, outbound calling. And then we also had Facebook that was coming uh, inbound until I moved to YouTube ads. Um, so I scaled that up. Then I, I grew a pretty sizable business, made like $5 million. And, uh, and then what happened was we discovered a problem. So we had a sales team to tracking. Is this to manually enter? Yep. Real quick. Are, are we going to optimize.ai? Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so can I ask one question, just real quick? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want too much time on this, but I'm just really curious. 
you're like early twenties and you're making a hundred grand a month and you go from, you know, like basically five years, you know, of making a hundred grand a month. That's a different life than most people can even wrap their head around. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's such a different world. And I know that's not profit. I know it's revenue and all that, but like you, mm -hmm. you, you basically cracked, let's say level one of the money game, right? Like you, you're making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much did, and like I said, you don't have to go into to too much details to this, but like how much did your perception in the world change when that happened? Uh, well, I'll tell you this too, because, you know, one thing as well, we'll go back a little bit of like when I started following Christ, one thing that I realized now, and one thing that interesting thing that happened to me, which I'll answer your question, but one thing that happened to me was I became more unapologetically myself and see this again through the truth seeking but i'll just be real with, with everybody making okay people that are making 100k 250k uh even 500k a month i didn't see people doing a million two million a month you think they're making a lot of money they're yes they're making money but again you're not it's, it's revenue and it's i mean in my case it was cash right but it's not profit you're spending a lot of money and then you're reinvesting a lot of money and then you know so like yeah it's it's good money but you become numb to it. It's like, it's raising your standard. But even early on, man, since I was like 18, 19, I had a guy I uh, used to do uh, real estate as well, or why well, I studied real estate. I didn't actually make any deals, but I wanted to become like a real estate mogul when I was like 18. And one of the guys told me is like, statistically speaking, he's like, man, you could be a billionaire. So like my perception early on when I was young, and especially reading a lot of books and being doctorated by Sam, I always thought it extremely big. Like, for me yeah. too, man, I don't even think, I think a million dollars a month isn't a lot of money. I think 10, yeah. I think a hundred million dollars is not even really a lot of money. Uh, but that's just because the more you think of the money, the more, the, the more, the more, the more money you see, the more you think of the money, but the more the money doesn't think of you. So yeah. you got to change the perspective and basically be detached yeah. from it. So I don't think my, my perspective changed a lot because I always kind of had that, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you you become, you become numb to it. You normalize it once you get up into like the hundred k to like a million a month. It's it's yeah. it's pretty standard, especially if you're hanging around. Because at that level, you're not talking to people at ten k a month. You're maybe your your students and people you're teaching, but but at that There's, level, yeah. you're and then you're you're hanging around people that are doing three million, four million a month. You're like, fuck, yeah. I need to be like that guy, you know? Yeah. Okay, I want I do want to get to Optimate uh, dot AI. One last thought on that though, for me, um, you know, I think the biggest the biggest shift in my life, I mean, obviously, like, we all feel like ballers when we make our first thousand bucks online, and then, you know, 10,000 yeah. or, or like, whatever, you know, um, for me, two, two, two life changing moments for me with money where my perception of the world actually did change. Um, one was mm -hmm. the first time I made $100,000 in a day. Um, and mm -hmm. I was like, mm. how, like, I like how I've been making money or how I've been thinking about how money is made is so completely wrong. Right. Like, so yeah. complete, like it broke, it really broke my reality of, of what was possible because I was like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I posted this on Facebook the other day. I was like, you know, my financial life changed. Probably the, one of the biggest financial shifts that I ever had was actually understanding that it's easier to make a lot of money in a short period of time than it is to make a little <laughs> bit of money for a long period of time. Right. 100%. And so like that, that, that shift, I was like, okay, this is okay. Very, very interesting. Right. And then the second, and then the second one was after my first hundred thousand, um, in the bank, right? Like free and clear mm -hmm. post tax. Right. And I remember mm -hmm. actually in Sam Ovens mastermind of all things, you know, I, I told this story a lot, but I'm like, there was a guy on one of the calls and, uh, you know, he was talking with Sam and he was like telling Sam all the stuff that he wanted to go and do. And Sam was like, you know, why don't you go and do it? And he's like, well, you know, I just don't have the money for it right now. And Sam asked him, he's like, how much money do you have? 
The guy's like, I, I don't remember who it was, but he was like, like basically like two months of runway in the business. And like, dude, I just remember like you could hear a pin drop, dude, right? And like Sam looks at him and is mm -hmm. like, dude, you can't, like you don't even have the freedom to think until you have a hundred grand in the bank. You can't build anything long-term yeah if you're thinking about where you're like, how you're going to make your next dollar, right? Like you can't think like that. Exactly. And, and Sam goes, I would literally lose my shit if like, if I had less than a million dollars in cash. And I remember mm -hmm. when I had that, my, my when we think back to like when I had my, my first hundred thousand in the bank, I remember thinking for the first time in my life, I am not one, my, my sole focus in life is not figuring out how I'm going to pay bills, but I could actually go look mm -hmm. into the future. And like, dude, the world made so much more sense on why mm -hmm. things were the way that they were when I wasn't having to focus on just how to make money. So I just want to throw that in you there. You expand your horizon, right? So your, much more time, horizon. right? Right. So I, I do want to get to, I want to keep going for the sake of time here um, with optimate, uh, optimate, uh, dot AI. Um, but yeah. So you, it's optimate AI.com. Optimate. Wait, it's not optimate. Wait, it's not optimate. AI. No, optimate AI.com. Oh, dot com. Okay. I'm on the wrong website. Optimate AI.com. I'm looking at it. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Get paid, increase cash collected. Okay, sweet. Good thing we could clarify that. All right. Back over to the story. You found a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as you're scaling a high ticket business, right? Really any business, whether agency, coaching, consulting, info product, whatever it is you're selling, you, you start to like experience problems, especially when you're doing a scale. Like, again, when you have a sales team, you have a lot of infrastructure. Yeah you're taking a lot of payments, right? Um, there's a lot of uh, operations that need to go in it. And most entrepreneurs suck at operations, right? Um, they're good at True. selling, but they're not good at the, the uh, backend side, right? Um, luckily, I had a good partner who built internal solutions for us because most people, when they have a sales team, they're just tracking it with spreadsheets. They're um, collecting payments through like Stripe. And then they have, um, you know, their CRM and they have all these different things, right? And it becomes a lot of like inefficient. There's a lot of like missing parts because you're collecting payments in one place, you got to do reporting in another, and then you have a payments yeah, manually entering. I noticed that for them, sure. <laughs> right? They're manually entering data, and then the data you're looking at, you're like, is this even right? Is it like you you have this like second guessing? You're it's got feeling like this is not even accurate. I know it's not accurate, but I'm looking at it. I'm trying to make yeah. decisions off of data that's not that's not accurate. So that would piss me off, right? And so me and my business partner, we'd go back and forth. We built the internal solution, fully automated, and it was it was good at the, end at the time. Um, but we noticed everybody else was having a similar problem. And so uh, we decided to build this solution called OptimateAI.com, um, which uh, at the core of it, it's a payment gateway as well, payment processor. So you can process payments and you can do custom payment plans. So one of the things that, as you know, through just selling high ticket, doing so, custom. So I just, just want to make sure I'm understanding. You, yeah. you, you're you're an actual payment processor, so I no longer need Stripe. So, or does it that, connect with? To answer your question, it's just a short question. Right okay. now, we we connect with Stripe. Uh, in a few months, you will no longer need Stripe. Ah uh, ha ha, and, dude! I like where this is going. All right, continue. <laughs> and you'll be able to collect payments in anything. You'll be able to collect uh, credit card, debit card, ACH, wire. Uh, multiple different things and currencies all in one place. What about crypto? Uh, soon. And eventually crypto, that's on the roadmap. But as of right now, uh, we connect with Stripe. Uh, okay. Okay. Because cool. logistically, yeah. So I, for currently, it, you can integrate with Stripe. Um, and so that's one of the core things. But then, as you know, collecting payment, let's say you sell, uh, I don't know, I'll give you a couple examples. Let's say you sell 
uh, $10,000 program, right? A uh, high yeah. ticket course. Well, in order to collect that payment, let's say someone wants to do a payment plan. They can put down 5K today and then they're going to do $2,500 next, uh, let, let's say next Thursday and then another 2,530 days from now. How do you collect those payments on a thing like Stripe or one of these other things? You can't do it. So we yeah, have or you have to run manually every time. Rep, yeah, exactly. Right. And then you have to have a spreadsheet that logs each individual transaction <laughs> and you have to have someone updating that data, especially when you have a big sales team, it becomes an absolute mess, right? Especially when you're selling 20, 30 units, hundred units a month, it becomes a mess. And so anyways, that's one thing that Optimate solves is custom payment okay. plans and tracking accounts receivables. So someone pays you 10 K they owe you 10K, but you've only collected 5K. They stole your other 5K. What happens when the payment fails? What do you do? Then you got to go back to your handy dandy spreadsheet, see where the payment was, figure it go out. run it again, you know, figure it out. One thing that our uh, Optimate does is it tracks that and it automatically collects the payment. And if it fails, it retries and has this like Dunning logic through in the back end AI to collect the payment for you. And then it kind of rescues the payment. But then it also shows mm. you like that revenue, but the cash that's collected from that one invoice. So it gives you more flexibility with okay. collecting payments and things yeah. like that. So that's the that's can one. Can you cool track? Feature. Can you track different sales reps? Yeah. So that's the next piece. So the okay, second okay. piece of it Dang. is yeah, a sales nice. team. Yeah. So the next piece of it is sales team. And so one of the problems that we found was that even when we used our CRM or we used another tool, but we're collecting a payment in Stripe it wouldn't tell us what the sales rep who, who closed yeah. it, how much cash they collected, right? How much commission you need to pay them, yeah. right? And so it was always inaccurate. It's always like somebody always had to QA it, you know, go through and see if it was Every good. freaking time, dude. Uh, every, every time, right? So yep. uh, when, but the thing is, and this is why we're going to become our own, we're, we are a payment processor and processing your payments because it's from the source. So you mm. collect it from the app and whoever's logged in, let's say you have a sales rep, that's logged in, it automatically associates that sale to that sales rep and it is and it associates the commission based on the product, the amount of commission that needs to be paid for that person. So then you have automated sales commission tracking, and then you can even pay out your sales reps in literally two clicks. You just select all the transactions, click payout, and then boom, you can pay out your sales reps in two clicks. So it also does that. And then we also have a sales team leaderboard, which shows your mm. sales team. Who, who's the top performers, how much the cash they collected. You can even have your goals. You can have like this, uh, like a gauge on how, how far you are towards your goals. You can motivate your team. They can look at it. It ranks the top performers uh, based on the cash or, or even sales that they collected. Um, so it basically have all that built in. Um, and, and again, it's 100% accurate because it comes from the source. It's coming from the time yeah. of sale. So it's 100% yeah. accurate, which is one thing that gives me a lot of peace of mind at night. Uh, just like, Okay, I know my data is accurate. I'm what I'm looking at in all the analytics. All right, yeah, yeah, but dude, you're sol like you're solving is one of my biggest headaches. Actually, is is literally trusted. I mean, yes, accurate, but like trusted, like trusted 100%. data when it comes to your finances, right? Because I'm always like, mm -hmm. especially when you do like any form of you know when you you have a um, yeah, any any form of salesperson, anybody that's collecting cash outside of you, yeah. right? When you've got, mm -hmm. you know, processing fees, when you've got paint, like all these things. So you're basically mm -hmm. creating a solution that brings accurate and trusted data when it comes to your your sales and revenue numbers coming into the business. Yes. 
And yeah, 100%. and are you like what is the like down the road are you ever planning on like turning it into a CRM like having a CRM on the back end or no? So or not, yeah. our our vision is not to integrate because we don't want to be a CRM. There's too many CRMs. And I actually there's think so there's many CRMs. Yeah, yeah. Way better, way better CRMs than we could ever build. So we're not yeah. going to be a CRM, but we will integrate with your CRM. Okay. Uh, oh, so nice. Okay. That, that's something that we are, it's on the roadmap. It's it's close, uh, but we're going to be integrating with uh, your CRM. So whether you use Close, HubSpot, or Go High Level, one of those, um, it'll integrate into, uh, into it okay. as well. So then you can send that data if you wanted to report it in your CRM, but this will take data from your CRM uh, as well. But really what we are doing is we're trying to get it to the source. So we actually don't want to be pulling data necessarily in. We want to be the source of data of and then data. sending it to these or, other. Or, yeah. Or we mm. want to be the truth, right? Because that's the biggest problem that we found is I'm looking at these numbers and I know they're not accurate. I know that our show yeah. rate isn't that, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't know, like John never filled out his damn tracker or disposition the, the opportunities in the CRM. How do I know what I'm looking yep. at? Then I look all these, these, uh, these calls, they're not actually dispositioned and they're not updated. So I'm looking at something that's not accurate and I know it's not, but you have to make yep. decisions off of that. So that was the biggest yeah. problem that I found every day. I'd look at it and then I'd be filling out my, my, uh, my advertising tracking sheet. And I know that that's not true. And like, it, yeah. you can't run a business like that, man. You just can't. Yeah. It's, it's good going back to emotion versus uh, making decisions off of like truth and data. And so that's, that's the core thing that we're solving. And again, that's why we're the source of truth when it comes to sales and, and cash and revenue. All right. For the sake of time, cause we've got to wrap this up here. Um, cause we could talk forever. Um, but I have to have a, a hard stop coming up Two two more questions before we wrap up one with this, uh, optim, uh, optimate Um, what's the like 60 seconds, like what, What's the future? Where where are you going with like? What's the big grand vision for this? Yeah, yeah. It will be irresponsible for you not to use it if you run a business. That's the mm. vision. Like you will be, it will be irresponsible for you not even currently as it currently stands because it's, uh, you know, we we actually just launched uh, two months ago. So as it currently stands, if you're not using it, I I honestly think that you you you're not getting to the source of truth and not making correct decisions. So it would be really like that truth phrase, people. getting yeah. to the source, the source yeah. of truth. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Cause okay. that's really what we're after. Right. In 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 terms of making good decisions that are going to help you grow your business. So that's one of the big things, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's going to be a place that, that uh, you can, that's going to simplify your business and just yeah. make it run a lot more efficiently. And a lot of the time what we're, what our vision with it, is to take all of the thinking away in the decision-making essentially out of your, like not out of your hands, because you're still going to obviously be the one that's going to have the final say, but we want the app is going to tell you where you should be looking and what you should be focusing on to grow your business. We're, we're the data. bottlenecks. We have yep. the data. It's going to show you precisely. This is where you should be focusing on. This is the highest leverage point in your business right now to help you make more money, grow your business, get more profit, yep. help your customers. So that's that's the ultimate vision of it, and uh, and right now we're tackling mainly the high ticket space. So people that sell coaches, consulting, yep, yep. info products, courses, uh, things like that. You can also do low ticket subscriptions on there as well. Uh, but as it currently is built for high ticket businesses and sales teams, that's who it's it's mainly uh, built for currently. 
and then maybe eventually we'll expand it, maybe do other additional things. But that's the core vision of it right now. That's awesome, dude. All right, last question before we wrap up here. Um, what problem are you trying to solve right now in your business? Like, not for other people. Like, what 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 thing are you you trying to go through and solve? And if we were to do something together, what would it, like? Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I have no idea. But like, what could that look like? Yeah, man. So the core. I'll answer the first question. So the the first yes. thing is. Yes, it is two questions. The the first piece of it, the, the number one problem that I'm trying to solve right now is I'm in kind of this like crosshairs, like this transitionary phase intersection in, intersection point uh, with the SaaS and taking a go to market with the SaaS. So just getting awareness that it exists, getting users and getting feedback. Because the biggest thing right now, I'm prioritizing learning from the customer and making a good product, but it's getting users onto the product and start using it. So that's the core thing right now. Uh, is just like getting more users, getting more customers, which I know marketing and sales, but it's like, it's a new, so it's like pushing a boulder up a hill again. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, for starting sure. Starting from sure. scratch. So yeah. that's the, the core thing. Uh, and then two, to answer your question, um, what can we do together? I mean, if there's any way that uh, your audience could benefit from using Optimate AI, if you guys give me us feedback or you yourself, Josh, or we can do partnerships and things like that. Um, yeah. I mean, in any any which way that also I can support you, man, uh, in, in my list, because I have about you know fifty thousand people on my email list. I have you know pretty good uh, tight following. So either way, any way that we can uh, form collaborations and partnerships, I love that man because one of the biggest things that I've realized in business, because uh, I also had another software that we were selling, and one of the biggest ways that I grew that was through partnerships and through yep, alliances 100%. and collaboration. Yep. And one of the biggest things that I learned in there is it's it's leverage. It's kind of like what you said earlier with like making hundred k in a day. It changed your perspective on making money well what this did for me it changed my perspective on how you can grow a business because yeah when you collaborate you the rising tide lifts all ships right so you yep. both benefit and everybody all parties it's a win-win-win-win situation through your customer you us and our customer it, and uh so that's what i'm about these days is creating a symbiotic partnerships and collaborations where it's not directly competing we're, we're working together for a a common goal and a common cost. So that's what I love these yeah. days, man. So any, any way that we could do that, it would be awesome. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that too with the software stuff, because you look at, you know, when you say collaborations and stuff, dude, you look at ClickFunnels and what, what built ClickFunnels is a massive affiliate army, right? And yep. then you 100%. look at high level, right? And like, when did yeah. high level blow up, right? And listen, I'm, I'm a Russell Brunson diehard over my dead body while I leave ClickFunnels and go to the disgustingly traitorship of high level. Um, but like, but like, you know, I'm not I, like, I, I'm a diehard with ClickFunnels, but you look at what blew up, but high level and Russell's yeah, and others, yeah. they, they have an insane affiliate offer right now, right? The, the white labeling or whatever, it, like affiliates. Yeah, it's target. one of the things we did with ours, man. Cause we yeah. like, that's the thing we did. Yeah. So we'll, we, we will have to discuss that because I, I am curious about this um, part of the vision. I, we do have to wrap up here. Um, but uh, part of the vision of like what we're doing is all about, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in in talk shows. I'm, I'm a very big believer yeah. in in having nice. conversations. I believe a talk show is not only the greatest networking tool um, in the yeah. online space today. I think most people just use them, them wrong, but also it's the greatest. I think it's the greatest opportunity for like ultra high ticket selling um, to yeah build a network of people that want to give you money uh to open up opportunity like there's so much around that and so everything i do um you know is to help people build build a golden mic um and you know to, nice. to, to build their influence with the talk show right and so high ticket sales are 
I mean, that's my jam is, you know, selling. Yeah, and yeah. when I say high ticket, I don't mean like five or 10 grand. I mean like 25, 50, $100,000 sales, right? So we will have mm -hmm. to discuss that further, perhaps perhaps on another episode um, if we want to do a JV or something together. Yeah, we can mix up all, all sales, man. Like I, I've done over 4,000 individual sales calls. So I know so you, that like know. science. So we'll, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk a lot about we'll have, we'll have to, sales. Maybe we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll just do another episode and just geek out like solely on just sales. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap up here, though, I, I do have a final question for you here as, um, you know, we're talking about the game of influence and the, the influence is like, you know, the ability to you know affect somebody else's thoughts, beliefs, patterns, behaviors, right. You know, and actions on, on something. I want you to fast forward to not maybe not the end of your life, but I want you to imagine like every single person that you've ever been in front of. Uh, every stage you've spoken on, every podcast you've been on, every single one of your ideal customers, not worldwide, but just your ideal customers, the people that you have been called to serve, right? You get to go and leave them with a final message, a final idea. And here's the caveat. They will forget absolutely everything else that you ever shared with them. They will forget absolutely everything else that they've ever learned from you, right? But whatever you tell them is they believe 100%. Like it's an absolute belief that they have and they will you know, act upon that. What would be that idea or that message that you would leave with them um, or that you would want them to, to remember if that's the only thing that uh, that you left with them? I have to go with my favorite Bible verse that's on my wall in my in my office. It says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but being eager to serve. Not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that never fades away. Mm. And so that's my, my, that's the golden one, because man, if you're just a servant, you're a leader and you're showing and you're leading the way and you're a servant of God's flock doing this, mm. not for dishonest game, because you are willing. That is the way where everything comes to you. Because again, when the chief shepherd appears, when Jesus appears, when you go, go at the gates, you receive the crown of glory that never fades away. So I love that. And I think if you take that with you and just be shepherds of God's flock, that you, everything will fall into place in your life. Amazing. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing. We will have to do it again soon. Uh, enjoy your time in Spain. Uh, everyone, oh, where can people follow you? If they want to check you out, we'll link it down in the description. Hey, you can just can uh, you? follow me on uh, YouTube, Mitch Gonzalez. You just type my name, Mitch Gonzalez. Uh, also, Twitter, Mitch Gonzalez. I've been tweeting uh, more frequently. And then if you want X, uh, baby. to go and check out... You got X? Yeah, if you also, yeah. if you want to check out uh, OptimateAI.com, which is the software, you can go check that out. Um, you can book a demo directly with me. We can I can show you uh, live how it works. And I'd love to give you a demo of that. But those are the main places. Go to OptimateAI.com. Awesome, man. I appreciate it, guys. We'll link those all down in the description below. As always, do not be afraid to be influential. Do not be afraid to make lots of money. Just make sure you use that influence and that money for good. That is all for today. We will catch you next time. Take it easy, fam. Peace.